Harry Webster. Aspirin is one of the best-known and most widely used pain relievers worldwide. It's often the first thing you reach for to ease a headache, fever, menstrual pains, hangover, or any number of common ailments that can cause pain and discomfort. If you have mild to moderate pain and swelling, you might reach for aspirin. And if you take low doses of aspirin daily for preventive reasons due to its blood-thinning properties to help manage heart-related conditions, you're not alone. Almost 30 million Americans over age 40 use the medication for these purposes, according to a study published in Annals of Internal Medicine, data for people under 40 was not collected. This sort of off-label use should always be done with a doctor's supervision. Aspirin, or acetylsalicylic acid, is a type of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, NSAID. At low doses, it prevents blood cells called platelets from sticking together, which could potentially cause a blood clot that could develop into a heart attack or stroke. At higher doses, it inhibits the production of inflammatory chemicals called prostaglandins, which cause symptoms such as fever or joint pain. While it's possible to find generic aspirin at your local drugstore, most of the time it is sold under a brand name, typically in doses of 81 mg, low-dose or baby aspirin, 325 mg, or 500 mg. Common U.S. aspirin brand names include Ascriptin, Halfbrin, Ninoprin. Despite its widespread use and popularity though, aspirin isn't suitable for everyone. Like all medications, it can have side effects, some of which can be quite severe for some people. If your doctor has told you to use an alternative to aspirin, where should you turn? We asked the experts for the bottom line on over-the-counter, OTC, and prescription aspirin alternatives. Who shouldn't take aspirin? So your doctor told you that you're not a good fit for aspirin. What does that mean? Most patients avoiding aspirin typically cite either bleeding risk or a history of aspirin allergies as their reasons, says Golabo Sukunbi, MD, an assistant professor of orthopedic surgery at Will Cornell Medical College in New York City. Dr. Sukunbi recommends that anyone with a history of bleeding avoid aspirin, particularly anyone with gastrointestinal, GI, bleeding, he adds, as aspirin is associated with GI bleeding. One study using data from more than 87,000 women suggests aspirin increases the risk of GI bleeding overall by 43%. Risk increase with dosage, with women taking more than 14 tablets, 325 mg each, per week having more than double the risk of women who took none. Lauren Dunsing, MD, a pediatric rheumatologist practicing in Pensacola, Florida, agrees. Aspirin can cause GI irritation and it increases the risk of bleeding much more than ibuprofen or naproxen. Other reasons you might consider avoiding aspirin, you are taking the blood thinner warfarin, Coumadin. Blood thinners prevent blood from clotting, as does aspirin, so taking them together can increase the risk of bleeding. You have asthma or known bronchospasm associated with non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, NSAIDs? You regularly consume alcohol above the recommended amounts, as doing so increases the risk of GI bleeding. You have or have recently had yellow fever or dengue fever both diseases can cause bleeding, as can aspirin. You have coagulopathies, difficulty forming blood clots, such as hemophilia. Because of its blood-thinning properties, aspirin will make this condition worse. OTC non-aspirin pain relievers. The good news, 
You have other options. Which one to go with depends on the reason you're looking for a pain reliever in the first place, says Dr. Dunsing. For those without aspirin allergies seeking pain relief or a fever reducer, other NSAIDs remain a popular option. Your other likely choice for over-the-counter relief is acetaminophen, a drug that relieves fever and pain but not inflammation, it's also easier on your stomach. Let's take a closer look at how these meds work. Ibuprofen. Ibuprofen is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug and the generic name for brands like Advil and Motrin. According to Dr. Sokunbi, ibuprofen may be particularly suitable for those seeking a non-aspirin pain reliever due to bleeding issues, because of ibuprofen's chemical similarity to aspirin. They both inhibit the arachidonic acid pathway, ultimately preventing the release of prostaglandins, which are pain generators, Dr. Sokunbi clarifies. Both medications help with pain control, though ibuprofen will not affect blood clotting. Adults should not have more than 3,200 mg of ibuprofen per day, per the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, but overdoses are not often fatal. Naproxen. Naproxen, Aleve, is another non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. It is FDA-approved for the treatment of pain related to acute gout, rheumatoid arthritis, tendinitis. Often, it's taken to reduce inflammation. The dosage varies depending on what condition you're using naproxen to treat. It may be anywhere from 220 to 1650 milligrams daily for up to six months. Talk to your doctor about how to take naproxen based on your condition and your needs. Some patients respond better to ibuprofen, while others respond better to naproxen, explains Dr. Dunsing. The major difference is that naproxen lasts about 12 hours, whereas ibuprofen lasts about 6 hours. Acetaminophen. If your doctor has advised you to skip NSAIDs entirely, acetaminophen, Tylenol, is another OTC option. Patients with aspirin allergies can experience some cross-reactivity to other NSAIDs like ibuprofen and naproxen, so acetaminophen is the safest choice, Dr. Dunsing explains. Acetaminophen may also be an attractive option to people whose stomachs are bothered by NSAIDs, per Harvard Health and other sources. Acetaminophen works similarly to NSAIDs in that they both inhibit the production of enzymes that make up prostaglandins. However, they do so differently, and where NSAIDs work in both the central nervous system, CNS, and peripheral nervous system, acetaminophen works only in the CNS. Acetaminophen is not considered an anti-inflammatory. Tylenol is safe for adults in dosages up to 4,000 mg a day. Acetaminophen overdoses, which can be fatal, were responsible for nearly 80,000 emergency room visits in the United States over a two-year period, according to a study in American Journal of Preventive Medicine. Prescription Options for Pain Relief While OTC options are popular for managing mild to moderate pain, stronger pain medication is available with a prescription. They generally fall into four classes, NSAIDs, corticosteroids, opioids, and anticonvulsants. Let's take a look at each. Prescription NSAIDs. In addition to more powerful formulations of ibuprofen and naproxen, other NSAIDs available with a prescription include, celecoxib, celebrex, morphine, oxycodone, oxycontin, percocet. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, recommends opioids only be used for acute pain because of their risk of addiction. 
More than 80% of the 50,000 overdose deaths in the United States in 2021 involved an opioid. Anticonvulsants. If your pain is neuropathic, nerve damage, in nature, you might find some relief from the anticonvulsant drugs gabapentin, gralis, horizont, neurontin, or pergabalin, lyrica. Gabapentin originally prescribed for partial epilepsy, and pergabalin, known together as gabapentinoids, work by essentially calming overactive nerves, preventing them from firing fast enough to cause seizures. This also has the effect of blunting pain signal transmission. Gabapentinoids can be helpful for neuropathic pain caused by diabetic neuropathy.